0: Welcome to Two Cents FC. I'm your host, Demoby Okugo, back again with my guy, L. Each week we'll be discussing topics from around the soccer world and giving you our unfiltered thoughts and opinions. This week we're joined by FC Cincinnati winger, my little bro, uh, one of the most underrated players in the game, uh, Joe Zhao. Uh, we'll be learning all about Joe's journey. We're talking about the state of US soccer and we're also saluting Sydney LaRue Dwyer uh, for black soccer history uh joe how you doing today i'm doing great man glad to be on the show nah thanks for joining (laughs) thanks for taking the time uh first and foremost congrats on the birth of you know your child i know that's a blessing how's your sleep man sleep is non-existent bro
1: (laughs) you know had (laughs) to had to just give that up but you know it ain't as bad as everybody
0: says it is to be honest I feel it. It's so crazy. Uh, For context, I met Joe when I was 15 and you were 14. So he came into residency and I was like, who is this little kid? This (laughs) little kid with these big ass calves and just dicing past everybody. But uh, since then, we've developed a great friendship. Uh, Like I said before, one of the most underrated players in the game. Um, But first questions first. We ask every guest on the show. When did you fall in love with soccer?
1: Man, I would say as young as about three years old. Yep, three years old, man. Cause I always saw my dad playing, because he used to play back in the day. Um, so he used to take me everywhere. And yeah, man, since then that's when it started.
0: No, so so Joe, yeah, everyone knows your dad, uh DC legend, uh national team legend. Um, but for you, like when it comes to like organized ball. Um, do you like, remember that moment?
1: Yeah. So, um, I would say about six, six or seven years old is when I started playing organized balls, playing, um, in DC Stoddard. And then the next season is when we switched over to Bethesda. And that's when I remember things getting more serious. You know, us getting more involved in tournaments, traveling a little bit more, um, you know, more elite players. So yeah, around that age is when, is when it started getting more organized.
0: Okay, so real quick, because we've had a couple guests on the show repping the DMV, and I know you rep the DMV super hard. Uh, it's gonna be like a two part question. Where does DMV rank nationally when it comes to producing talent? And second question: If you had a chance to give you like give me like a best eleven from the DMV area, um, they can be current or former players that you would match up and take against anybody, who are they, who are they, who they're gonna be? All right, I'll go with the with
1: the eleven. Okay. So before look, before I say this eleven, I don't want anybody from the DMD to get <laughs> to get offended by anything.
0: Uh, oh, no one's yeah. hurting feelings.
1: Yeah, if I forgot your name, it's no disrespect. It's just it's a lot of players. I know a lot of guys. So um, all right. So from the back line, back line, I would say shaquille phillips you know my boy shaquille phillips the center back right center back left center back i would have to say my boy um chris hangy was a solid solid uh left center back left back currently i'll put chase gasper in there and chase gasper is doing his thing um right back right back's a tough one you know we have a good few right backs but chris adoy chris adoy chris, adoy, chris adoy okay. is doing his thing right mid Right. Let me start with the center mids. Center mids, I will have to put Eric Williamson. Um. Who else in the center mid, bro? This is so tough. Oh, my boy, uh, my boy Banga, we played together at Potomac. Tough guy to get by, hard worker. Left wing, I'll put myself, you know, inverted. Yeah, you um, like the
0: inverted role, I remember that.
1: Yeah. On the right side, I'll have to put Oh, I'll have to put... We'll come back to the right side. Number 10, Gideon Zalalem. Got to put my boy Gideon in there. Up top at striker. This is tough, bro. This is tough, bro. Because I know Jeremy's been doing his thing, scoring the goals, bro. Jeremy's been doing his yeah. thing, thing. Ah, my my boy... But Jeremy Jeremy knows me and Lester are tight, tight. So yeah. I got to put, put my boy Lester up top. Uh, Lester up top. Um, and... On the right wing, bro, this is tough, man.
0: Who's on the right? You ain't putting none of the OGs up there. You ain't put no Rodney. Oh my
1: God. See, this is what I meant by saying don't get offended.
0: Yeah, Chase the talent, Gaspar, the my, talent is too Gaspar,
1: much. Chase Gasper, my bad, bro. My bad, Rodney's <laughs> coming in at the left back spot, Chase. My bad. Um, right winger, damn scratch. Israel Cisse up top and Lester on the right because he's a lefty.
0: Bro. Bro, we might have to stop this podcast. Israel right, say. Israel Cisse from ages 14 to 20, best player, best youth, youth player. If bro. he was coming up right now, Pulisic, Weston, Tyler, you know what he's talking about. I swear yeah, to God.
1: Israel was different. Oh, wait, and then scratch it. Freddie Adu at number 10, and I'm going to push Gideon back going to push Gideon back? Uh deep line
0: playmaker, huh? huh? Deep line eight, then, huh? Yeah,
1: deep line okay. eight. Deep line eight. Man, we bro, it's it's too many, it's too many guys to think off the top of my head, but yeah, that's what I'll put.
0: Okay, respect. So with that cap and lineup, I mean you left a bunch of legends off. Where are you ranking it on a national level? Like, you know, Cal, we used to have arguments about this.
1: Man, on a national level, like, I mean, there's still so many guys that I didn't say, like Gucci on Yewoo, like this. There's, yeah. there's, there's so many guys coming out of the area, but for producing talent, bro, Kyle Beckerman, like, yo, I'm I'm, for, I'm like, guys, don't get offended. I'm just, you know, thinking on the, on the spot right here. But, um, yeah, man, I'll definitely say we're like top, top two, top two for producing talent, bro. Top two for sure.
0: Oh, respect. I mean, those names don't lie, you know, Beth, and it's not just like former players it's current players it's players that overseas domestic uh, DMV, DMV really got it when it comes to the the talent. So uh, uh, what is going on here? One second. Yeah. So uh, obviously, you know, growing up in the DMV, you know, you talk about the talent, how has it shaped your career? I know you guys do like pickups, you guys all very close. You guys keep in touch. Um, unlike, you know, some other communities, you guys do a great job of supporting one another. So how do you feel like it's shaped your career, especially you that's traveled all over the world?
1: Um, it's given me the tools
0: that have, you know, enabled
1: me to play this long. So every time I come home, there's no shortage of training. You know, I can come home and, and get a good group together, good group to train with, play pickup with. My father is always there. So, um, and then just having like the the diversity, you know, the different backgrounds of players. So, you know, you. So you see all the different styles of play, you know, right there, you know, growing up in the area, I could drive, you know, five minutes down the road, play pickup in the El Salvadorian neighborhood, you know, drive five minutes up the road. Then you're with all, you know, the the West Africans, you go to Bethesda, then it's a whole different demographic, you know, so you get a little bit of everything. And um, with so many players, it's also competitive. So
0: mm-hmm. that
1: that helped a lot.
0: No, I respect. You talked about your dad. Obviously, he has a great uh, a story. You know, went to Howard, did his thing, played for the youth, na- uh, sorry, men's national teams and, you know, all over the country. Um, you know, everyone knows that if you can get through a Mr. Giles training session, then you then you're write. Uh, so yeah. talk about, you know, training with him growing up, you know, the lessons that, you know, he's taught you um, and just a little bit about, you know, your guys' relationship. You know, I remember growing up, agents was like say you got to talk to the dad you know if that's if not agreeing it's not going so talk about that relationship
1: yeah so um yeah man that's uh it's it's definitely a, a huge plus when you have somebody who's been through it in your corner already you know I can't stress that enough somebody who knows the ins and out of the game um you know to be able to have made his mistakes and then Correct those telling me certain things, what to do and what not to do. Man, is I mean, I can't even really, really like describe it. But um the training sessions, it just prepared me mentally. So, like how you said, like if if you if you could get through one of his sessions, if you could get through his training sessions, like if you train with him for a full summer mentally, that meant that you were that you were ready. So I mean, like you could see pretty much almost. All A lot of those guys that I named on that list have trained with my dad. You know, we we all do those running sessions together. And it pretty much set me up for Germany because once I was over there doing the preseasons, I had run so, I had done so much hard training, like preseason was easy for me. By the time Mm -hmm. we get over there to preseason, guys are like, oh my God, we got to do the beat test. We got to do this fitness test. I'm like, yo, this is (laughs) light. This is (laughs) light. (laughs) Light work. This is light. You know, so, and um, as I got older, I also realized that 95% of the game is mental. You know, most of the time, yeah, you're tired, but that's not even maximum capacity of what your real threshold is. So if you're able to like push through those sessions, if you're able to, you know, give that last inch over your, you know, competitor, you learn that at a young age, you're just doing it. And you don't even know that you're doing it when you're older, you know, not until I became like 23, 24 that I started realizing that it's an inches game. And that's what he was implementing with us early on. So that's how that influenced me a lot.
0: No, our coach is talking about that right now. It's like, I guess it was like some Navy SEALs thing where it's like when your, your mind is tired, your body's tired, it's actually on, you still have 60% capacity to reach. Yeah. Um, and you talk about these training sessions can you give us like a hint? I know we got some people that, you know, trying to, you know, make it to the next level. Yeah. What are some of these training session drills that you got going on so we can share with the audience?
1: You know, the crazy thing is like we is there's My father, he's never like shy about revealing what he does because he could tell you, but you still ain't going to do it. <laughs> like you can know the secret, but you still got to go out and run it and people yeah. to do it, you know? So we would go out in the summertime, hit the track, like not even, not even hit the field, we'll hit the track. You got to do 10 quarters in under a minute. 10 quarters in under a minute, like 400 meters in under a minute. Then you can do, then we'll build it up. We'll do like a pyramid run. So you'll start with a quarter, one minute rest, then an 800, 800, two minute rest, and then three laps, three minute rest then a mile, and then back down the pyramid. And each time you gotta make the times, bro. So like the mile, the mile, you still have to make it in under six minutes after you've done all of that. You still gotta do your 800 under 245. You still gotta do your 400 under a minute. And then if you can make that, bro, like you can do anything, man. like. I can't even tell you how many dudes I've seen puke (laughs) never come back. (laughs) Bro, it's, yeah, man. So that's what the sessions look like. Then when we get to the ball work, it's a lot of um, cone work in tight spaces, arrowhead drills, cutting, um, passing and receiving, things like that.
0: Uh, And uh, it's a testament to your play because all all that hard work shows on your uh, – Uh, in your game. And, uh, me and Kofi were actually watching old highlights. Uh, and I'm, it's a touchy subject. I'm not trying to bring it up, but the u twenties and some of the highlights you was just dicing, dodging, you know, and, and that's kind of from the training that you did. So, you know, if you're listening and you're like a young player trying to get better, that's the work it takes to get to the next level. And you, you know, you talked about Germany, you were in Germany before it was like the thing to do before German clubs were coming here. Um, and scouting out players like it's an AAU team. Um, talk about your experience. Talk about what you learned and, like, any insight that you would have for, you know, a young player that's looking to make that move.
1: Uh, for sure. Before I get into that, I'm glad you said that because, like, it's funny because um, me and Charles, we were, like, some of the first ones to go over there, but, like, yeah. you never hear anybody say it. But the only person who has ever, like, come out openly and said it was Christian Pulisic. He was, yeah. on, uh, he was on ESPN, and he said the guy was, like, how does it feel for you to be like the first American to really get into Germany? And Christian was like, "Nah, nah, I wasn't the first. Like Joe Jaw was out there before me, you know." So yeah. it was it was nice to hear him uh, hear him say that, you know, Christian's but the, the only. real
0: the, that's that's what it, that's what it's all about, though. The real ones really know, like Christian. Yeah. They know, like they do their research, they do their history, they know yeah. like the OGs in the game. So um, it's the it's the media, and I know you got some things in the works to yeah, to. Yeah to correct the story, but um, <laughs> the real ones, know For sure.
1: Um, but yeah, um, when you, you know, when you go out to Germany, man, it's, um, it's a whole level, the whole new level of discipline. You know, um, once you get out to that side, you see, you see IG, you see one side of it, you see all the Bundesliga players out there living the lavish life, everything is great. But then there's a whole side of that German game that you do not see. You know, like they're in training, they're on your ass about the smallest things, you know, most of the time, things that have nothing to do with the pitch, you no. know. And if you're not ready to go through that ridicule, if you're not ready to go through that criticism, you might as well not even head out there, you know. Um, they pay attention to a lot of details. So there is no time to be sloppy in training because that's one place where how you train that will determine if you're in the starting 11 or not like out there. It doesn't matter if you're like a superstar or whatever, if you're slacking off in practice, that coach will take the dude that's behind you who's grinding and play you just to tell you like, you're not as hot as you think you are, you know? That's Um, right. um, It's also just a different lifestyle. You know, the people out there, they work really hard. They're really blunt, honest people. So if you have a whack game, they'll be like, (laughs) Oh, not looking (laughs) straight up like, oh, what's up? You know, uh, that's something that, you know, a lot of young guys may have to get used to, but when you do learn the game the right way, it it goes a long way. Like if you can play in Germany, then, you know, you've seen it with, uh, with with numerous players. You can, you can transfer pretty much anywhere and, and find success.
0: No, that's facts. And you brought up a great point about, you know, just the German way of playing. I remember when I was there uh, like a training sit trial type situation and I, I hit you up. I was like, bro, tell me why. Um, when I was at Freiburg, I was like, tell me why Byron is out here. They gave, they got a game tonight. And instead of a walking stretch, they're having a full on practice. Yeah. Like they're doing stride outs, possession drills. I'm like, what is going on yeah. next thing later that night, one zero, you wouldn't have you wouldn't have thought of it. It's just it's just a whole different it's just a whole different ball game. Yeah. Uh, Freiburg they have like a, a hour training session strictly on finishing, and that's just finishing. Let alone we had a workout and actual training session that night, so it's just a different level of commitment. And um, you know it's like for guys like you, other guys that have gone to Germany, you can you can see the difference in the play and the style and the discipline that it takes to really succeed. So. I uh, appreciate you sharing that.
1: Most no definitely.
0: Yeah. So, with, so with that being said, you know, talk about you know, you had you had an experience to play for Borussia Dortmund, um, Hoffenheim, you know, in multiple levels at the in the German league. Um, talk about like the atmosphere. Um, talk about the experience. A little bit of that. Um, to be over there and then train with
1: you know, guys of that level. So, mind you, when I broke into the t- first team at Hoffenheim, like, there were superstars like Demba Ba, Ibizovic, Ryan Babel, Edson Brafite, Isaac Borsa, uh, Roberto Firmino, Carlos Eduardo, like, you know, this is the first time where I'm, where I'm breaking into a club where it's, you know, really big names into it, where I'm seeing, like, real big money thrown around, and then seeing how those guys carry themselves you know that was like a big wake-up call for me because you know a lot of times you think like the big before back then before like I knew anything I didn't think like a lot of the big guys I didn't think they came in and left everything out on the training pitch every day you know I thought like okay training is to tune things up and you know get on there for the game yeah Roberto, Roberto Firmino bro this dude is a workhorse you know a workhorse And just seeing how they implement that. Being at Hoffenheim, I learned like you know my professionalism. I learned about you know being a true pro, taking care of my body, uh, regeneration, treatment, you know. And then getting to to Dortmund, I, I I already knew what it took to be a pro, but now this was like a step up. You know, the tradition at the club was was next level. Like everywhere you go in the city, doesn't matter if you're a second team player, first team player, like. Folks are like, oh, they know exactly who you are. You go places to eat, everything's free. You go to Lisa Whip, you're getting percentages, everything off. Like, you go get clothes, they're like, oh, just take these clothes and just post a picture. Like, everything was just on the house. People just want to be seen around you. It was, it was, it was, it was something totally different. And then, with that being said, everything was picked apart, ridiculed, you know? So, Come game time on the weekend. There's this thing. It's kicker. It's called kicker. That's the that's the yeah. newspaper or the magazine. And for every game, they give ratings. So <laughs> they got <laughs> they got you know the starting eleven, and then they'll put your rating under your name. So if you had a whack ass game, they put that rating like a. So um, their point system is a little bit different. One is the best, and six is the worst. So like if you had a bad game. You'll have like that five next to your <laughs> five next to your name in bold letters. You know, folks are like, Yeah, you trash. You're talking about it everywhere. You won't hear about it. You'll keep hearing it until the next game, you know. So that always keeps you on your toes. And then just training under Klopp. Like he expected a level of professionalism and he expected a level of of, you know, per uh, you know, perf, he was a perfectionist, you know. Yeah. Um and the level of work, bro. I just remember going into my first preseason with them, the amount of like transition drills we were doing. I was like, "Yo, <laughs> dudes, play like this!" Yeah. <laughs> like we were doing these drills. You're so the um, the five v two is at half field, yeah. And there's two people in the middle. They bounce it, bounce it, bounce it, bounce it, bounce it. If the two in the middle win the ball, then there's another team on the side of the field that's going on a breakaway. So once you win the ball, they're going for a breakaway and you have to chase back from half field, bro. Like you got to run sprint all the way back to try and defend the counterattack. And then each uh, pair will do that like three times. But when we're doing drills like this, you know, um, possession games where if you lose the ball, you got to press for like a minute, no matter mm. what. You just just run until you get the ball. And if you don't get it, keep running. <laughs> and I remember one preseason game um we had just uh signed a new player his name was Don Juan G he played in Sunderland like top players Korea yeah. and he had lost the ball we played against Osla brook or something he had lost the ball one time I've never seen a coach get this angry he lost the ball one time and didn't run back oh my god game it's, halftime. It's Klopp tore this man up, bro. And me, this is my first preseason up there. I'm sitting in the locker room scared, bro. <laughs> I'm like,
0: I don't want to make a mistake, bro. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh. Man, I can only imagine.
1: But, you know, that was like, but that also forced you to, you know, elevate your game,
0: yeah. you
1: know. So just being at those places and experiencing that, man, especially after everything, you know you go through before that, being in residency, you know, just training and dreaming about being in those atmospheres. It was just nice.
0: No, I respect. So do you ever think the United States can get to that point where it's like you show up and you like, yo, nah, dinner's on me. You know, don't worry about that smoothie, like uh, Mm -hmm. massages at this um, You ever think from a culture standpoint, soccer can get to that? I think it's,
1: it depends on the market. Like it's getting there. Um, you know, in the off season we've had uh over here we've had a few, you know, organizations collaborate with us, you know, whether it be physical therapy places or indoor facilities, you can come train for free as long as you post, um, you know, clothing stores depending on where you're at. It's, it's getting to that level because more and more high profile players are coming to the league, you know. Yeah. Um and soccer is like growing at a rapid rate with the new stadiums, new teams. People are highly interested, you know, and brother, the level, the level is, the level is climbing. The level is climbing heavily.
0: Yeah. So in terms of like, but uh, I know we, me and Elle always talk about this. Like you don't have like, uh, like that LeBron James or like that. Um, that John Morant where it's like, you know, you see what they rock in, you see how they moving off the, off the field. Uh, what will it take? Like, are you guys going to just start sharing more? Like, how is that going to like the team's got to post y'all more. How, how does that work in your end? Um, I just feel, I feel like I always, I always wonder
1: that as well. The, the vibes are definitely different over here. Like I remember when I was playing in Europe, you know, guys handle their social media is a little bit different um to more so they they like market themselves much more you know what yeah. I mean? they market themselves way more they have like youtube channels to where they you know show what they do every day or the team will follow like a certain player and 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 do certain things and I mean, it'll take some time. It'll take some time before it gets before it gets to that level. Um, I just think, yeah, like you said, it's just the culture. We're kind of playing a little bit of catch-up, you know?
0: But, yeah. yeah
1: I, I think it'll get there sooner or later.
0: No, respect. Okay. Uh, obviously, you know, you're playing for FC Cincinnati, uh, one of the newer teams in the league. Um, the buzz has been crazy. I know you guys got a new stadium. How has it been? Obviously, COVID kind of um affected some things but how has it been you know playing for the new team and have you been, had a chance to see the city yeah and things like that
1: it's been it's been good man um my family they like the city you know my mom's sister, they come out to visit all the time my wife she likes it um it's been it's been great you know it's it's a different it's a midwest it's a midwest vibe though so it's <laughs> you know from the outside looking in you see the skyline you think like whoa big city living but like when you get here, it's like slow tempo, you know, yeah. more for the family orientated person, you know, yeah. um, but I like it. And then as for the club, yeah, man, they're, they're working really hard to, to to try and make this really top notch. You know, when I when I came, they hadn't had the facility finished yet, but now it's like state of the art, man. They got everything in the, in the facility. You know, you got chefs cooking every meal. Um, you got the whirlpools, you got the jacuzzis, you got the saunas. You got the pit, the heated pitches, you know, you have you have everything. And then this new stadium is about to be another step up. Um, and it's a soccer city. Like, you got a, a, a large amount of fans out here. So I like it a lot.
0: Yeah, Cincinnati has a good demographic of, you know, different cultures and stuff yeah. like that. Um, and, I mean, even when they're in the USL, they was bringing in big numbers. So uh, have you had a chance to see the stadium yet? Um, no, we're supposed to do a
1: walkthrough in a few weeks, though. They're okay. going to walk us through everything, show us the locker room, pitch, uh, the family rooms where the families will be staying and stuff like that. So I'm looking forward to it.
0: All right, perfect. And, um, you know, your career is taking you through a lot of amazing places. You play with a lot of amazing players. Uh, I want to ask you real quick, you know, earlier I asked you about the BMB Best 11, um, but all time Best el- like 5 aside team that you're coming into the turf. And for context, to the turf was a residency term. So we, like, let me just take you through it real quick. Wake up six in the morning, we do IPI, basically workouts. Then we go to breakfast. Then we go train. Um, from there, we go to lunch. Then we go to school, 12 to 5. Then this is where the magic happens. We either come back, you got some guys that do their homework, and then the rest of the guys that are really trying to get to the work, they yeah. say, to the turf. And this yeah. is where we play 5 <laughs> aside until it gets dark, and you know you got to come prepared because you are either going to get hurt or you're going to get exposed or you're going to get better. Um, so your five aside, who you're taking with you of guys you played with, um, and you played with some top talent. Ryan Babel, you know you mentioned Edson, uh, Patrick Abumyang, um, all these top level guys. Who who's your five aside? Man, that's tough, bro. Um... All right. So Disclaimer, so, he's not hurting anyone's feelings, too. By the way,
1: nobody's feelings. <laughs> do not take offense to anything. Um, all right. I'm taking, I'm taking Hendrik Mkhitaryan. I'm taking Roberto Firmino. I'm taking, I'm taking Ryan. And I need, and I need player that's going to, you know, clean, clean dudes out. So definitely taking Edson. Um, so that's my four right there, and then me. Yeah. So we'll, I like that. We'll be solid. We'll be solid. That's a good
0: that's a good score. A good score. <laughs> All right, yeah. We'll uh, yeah, you've been playing, you've been playing with some top talent. Yeah, for sure. Uh what's like what's the difference like you know like, with between those guys? You know, you talk about them working hard, but you know, I had the chance to play with Kaka and I was just like, yo, like they see the game differently. And you've played with, you know, top guys and is at their prime and when they're developing with you and towards the later end of their career what's like that that one thing that they all have
1: mentality all of them have mentality so like they all have that mentality that they are going to bring their game like they don't they do what makes them special you know what I mean? Like a lot of times guys get caught up in trying to do something because they think it's what the coach wants so that they can play and things like that. But like these guys, they do what they do so the coach has to play them, you know? I remember uh, when Roberto Firmino first came over to Hoffenheim from Figueirense, it was a second division Brazilian team. And this man was trying all these flicks and doing all this stuff. And, like, some of the other dudes were getting mad, like, ah, he never passes. He keeps doing all these moves. It's not working. Like, the first six months, they were hating, bro, hating. (laughs) Then it was summer break. Man went home for the offseason, came back the next season. He was slimmer. He was fitter. And then all them tricks, bro. He was like, I don't care if they ain't working. I'm going to keep doing them. And they were working, bro then they were just working then he's he had that one season he had like 15 assists like 11 goals and 15 assists that season bro so he just had the mentality like i know where i'm trying to go i know what i'm trying to do and this is like there failure was no option you know what i mean yeah. same goes with Ryan um you don't i don't know you don't know Ryan personally but this guy's like He's got, he's got his mind. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's got a, he's got a one of one mind. So he has the way he sees the game. And there's only so much you can tell a player like that. You know what I mean? You can't tell him like, Oh yeah. When you get it, try and do that. Like he's already, you know what I'm saying? He's already yeah. thinking. but so yeah, I got you coach. You know I mean? Huh?
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> exactly. Same goes with Mickey Tarion. He was also a special player, man. That, and he was the, one of the nicest dudes, but, like, Mickey was a special player, bro. He could turn on a dime, pressure in the midfield, like Nevin Silvertich or whoever the center back was could just launch that ball to him in the middle with two of the center uh, D mids on his back, and this man is still turning and then going full steam ahead at the back four, bro, slipping Aubameyang or Royce in there. So, like, I used to watch those guys and just... And just think, like, damn, man, these dudes. The mentality was just so strong, man. So that that yeah. that's what I felt like the difference was.
0: Nah, no, man, thank you for sharing. I think, uh, I mean, your story is still yet to be told in the right way, and I know you're going to be telling it soon. Um, which leads me to my next point. You know, you got some things in the works. You know, you got a you got a fashion line that you you got you got a Twitch account. Um, you got a media, uh, takeoff media, talk about some of the projects that you do and like kind of inspiration behind it.
1: Um, so yeah, I just, you know, just, um, a couple of years back or maybe not even that far back, man, I would say a year and a half, like I just started tapping into like, as an athlete, you have this moment, you have these years of your life where people want to know what you're doing, where you have like an audience to where you can build something after your career. And you've got like this influx of your salary that you can use now to grow your, you know, to grow your brand or grow your wealth. And so I just started researching stuff, man. And I was like, all right, I want to build something that I can call my own. You know, a lot of young guys, they're so into like designer and doing things like that. Like if you got the bread for it, cool. But like, (laughs) you're going to have a closet full of stuff that is trendy. It's like, in a few years, like, it's going to be, you know, not the latest stuff anymore. So I was like, yeah. man, let me rock something that's mine, you know? Let me let me get something that I can call my own. Um, I used to, like, you know, lease whips and do this, like, oh, I got the new model. Like, you know, and I was like, are you leasing the whip? You might as well just throw that money out the window, bro. <laughs> you might as well just chuck it out the window. So I was like, man, let me switch it up and see what else I can do. So... Um, just planning for after soccer, you know, with the takeoff, um, that's just something that I want to do. Um, that's going to be, you know, my, my line, um, my performance, my performance, uh, brand or how you want to call it. And then, you know, back in Ghana, me and my dad are linking up. We got some stuff in the works over there.
0: Oh, what?
1: bro. Just trying to tap into everything, you know, um. Learning about crypto, learning you got so much time as an athlete, man, after practice. Yeah. Just come home and you can just read up on stuff, man. You know, different different ways to to build your wealth. Cause like 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 I was saying right now, as a soccer player, you got an influx of money that you got coming into. You're not gonna be making the same salary forever. You
0: yeah.
1: know, after after sports, you're gonna have <laughs> you're gonna have a few months where you're gonna be like, Oh shit. <laughs> where's my next salary you know, yeah, so, it's like, you, know. <laughs> you gotta call cobras like
0: oh, they're not taking yeah. care of my health like, yeah, exactly <laughs> yeah
1: man like that's when reality hits bro you got you know mls ain't paying for your insurance no more yeah. you know uh you ain't getting the same deals on on the cars you used to get so you got to set something aside to where you can you can build something that, that you can eat off of so that's 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 where all that came from
0: i uh, respect and also you know shout out to you man you and tommy doing the virtual soccer training uh that's the big movement helping uh helping people you know develop their skills sure. you know when it comes to two of the most technical guys in the in the league uh you guys are right up there with the best of them yeah. and it, it's funny you know I two of the fittest too and it, it helps yeah. you know his dad was a former professional your dad was a former professional so Uh, it might be the genes
1: (laughs) yeah crazy i and before that like uh i knew a couple guys that played with tommy but um when um the guy tim ryerson came to me with it and and he showed me some of the clips that tommy had been doing like on the zoom calls and stuff i was like dang because he was saying like yeah his coach used to his dad used to do the same thing with him take him to his summer camps and do all the drills because i saw all the drills he was doing i was like man, this, this, not that it was like similar, but I was like, it seems like this dude was in summer camps, 10 weeks of the summer, just like me. And lo and behold, we had a combo and he was like, yeah, I was at the summer camps doing all that stuff. So yeah, it was, that was funny how we linked up.
0: No respect. So I got a question for you. You might answer it. You might not, you might, you might try to be political. Your son, your future child, whatever, has a chance to go pro. You sending them to Europe? you keeping them in the States.
1: If this was a few years ago, maybe I would have said I'm sending them over directly, you know? Yeah. But now the dynamic is like changing. The league is growing. And I think about it. I'm like, hey, 14, bro, that's young. <laughs> yeah. Four, 14 is young. Like I look at my daughter right now and I'm like, man, if I had to tell her, if she told me that she was going to be leaving to go somewhere forever for 14, I'd be like, eesh, you know? <laughs> so kudos to our parents for, for letting us chase our dream like that. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I would, I would say that I would, I would let him or her play stateside and get a certain level of experience before going over. Cause I look at, you know, a lot of the transfers now, I look at, you know, Mark McKenzie, I look at, you know, Brennan Aronson, um, I look at, you know, the guys, you know, uh, Brian Reynolds, the guys who played yeah. over here for a few seasons, and then were able to make that big bounce, you know? Um, so I, I think if they have the talent, I would advise them to
0: do that. Oh, respect. Yeah. Like like you said, it's a timing thing. Because, I mean, if you was coming up with the talent you had now, that might be a $15 million transfer transfer fee, I'm telling you. <laughs> but eh, that's how life works. That's how life is, bro. <laughs> that's true. how life is, bro. Oh, <laughs> yeah. what you got?
2: Let's go ahead and jump into Two Truths in the Cap. So, um, I don't know if we gave you the rundown, Joe, but uh, Two two Truths in the Cap is a game where you'll give us three facts about yourself. Two will be true, one will be a lie, and Amobi and I have to guess what the lie is. Right. So... I'm last week. We got that one right, right?
0: Uh, yeah, no, actually, you got it right. I got it wrong.
2: Now we did the. I think we both uh, got it, we right. Both it right. We both got it right. Yeah, oh,
0: yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, so we on we on a decent little streak right now. So Joe let's see if you can stump us. All right, go ahead and
1: take off whenever you're ready, man. All right, cool. Um, I was uh, a real big anime artist back in the day, low key. Um, in elementary school, I was first chair clarinet player. And then also back in the day, I used to, you know, go out to the ponds with my uncle. We used to catch these big old fish. Yeah.
0: Damn. Who else did we have on the show that said they do clarinet?
2: Um, I don't remember.
0: Yeah, I was trying to think.
2: I'm going to say the fish is cap. Just by the way he said it, it seemed like it was a lie.
0: <laughs> nah, so I'm, I'm going to go
2: with that last one.
0: Okay. is your uncle and your mom's side, I think, if I remember correct. Uh, I know he's into anime, but I don't know about anime artists. What was the second one again? Nah, you, well, he was no clarinet player. Yeah, he, he was too busy playing soccer. Nah, that's, that's the cap for me.
1: So do I answer now?
0: Uh, yeah, you yeah, tell us who got it right.
1: All right. L got it right.
0: Golly.
1: <laughs> L got it right. I was clarinet, bro. I was first chair, man.
0: Oh my <laughs> god.
2: Man, don't try to don't try to box the man in. He multifaceted it, bro.
1: Yo, I was into the instruments, man. I played clarinet and a saxophone.
0: See, I was assuming it was gonna be like another instrument, so I was like, nah, that's Cap for sure. <laughs> Unbelievable. Okay. Fair enough.
2: All right, cool. So let's slide right into these topics, though. So we all know Sacramento's out of the MLS race for now. Um, So there's five cities that could possibly, you know, be in the running to take its place. Um, So you may or may not know the main investor for uh, Sacramento's MLS bid pulled out. Maybe it's due to COVID. Maybe it's due to some other things that they saw. Um, But this opened the door for some other markets to kind of slide into place. So... Detroit, Vegas, Phoenix, San Diego, and Sacramento still could be in the running if they get another lead investor. But out of those, those are the five markets that are said to kind of be in the running to take its place. So, which city do you guys think is most likely to get the bid? And, you know, why? Why do you think that's the
1: best city? Man, for me, I would say Phoenix or San Diego. Phoenix or San Diego? I was uh, I like Phoenix just because of um, you know the success they've had in the in the USL these past years. They've had a lot of good players, um, and I think that's a good market. Um, I think that's a good market to get into. But also San Diego as well, like San Diego, San Diego. You know? Um, you know, with Landon Donovan, I think that could attract a lot of players. Yeah, that's a tough one. If I had to just pick one, but. Yeah, those are those
0: are those are mine right now. Yeah, those are those are both good options, but I got to go Vegas. I think Vegas is just the logical decisions with where everything's going. Sports betting, you've seen what they've done with the Golden Knights, uh, the Aces, uh, even the Raiders moving there. Um, I know. Oh, I'm not gonna say I know personally, but I know MLS is like we have to have an imprint in Vegas at in some capacity. So yeah. I think Vegas is the God. move. Vegas, that's bro. Just, that yeah. was... That's just, I mean, that might be a bad away trip. Their, their home record should be very good. Actually, it could be very bad, t- depending. <laughs> <But> <laughs> Babe,
1: we're going to Vegas for the weekend. What?
0: Uh, we got a three day road trip. <laughs> coaches, coaches will be setting it up where, okay, Vegas game Saturday. We're going to leave Tuesday. Just get acclimated. <laughs> yeah, bro.
1: That, I'm telling you, that's what the East Coast teams will do. for sure these supposed to do that for
0: sure (laughs) oh my goodness um yeah so i think vegas is a i think vegas but phoenix san diego even detroit and i know you mentioned even sacramento it's it's the thing about the u.s there's so many good markets um but from the standpoint of right now logically i think vegas makes the most sense
2: yeah so you think they did they bring a brand new team into the fold or they poured over one of the USL teams?
0: No, nah, brand new team, new owner. Yeah. I, th- I, I, yeah, I know people are trying to actually bring a team, bring something to Vegas. Okay. Yeah.
2: All right. So let's jump into to the next topic. So recently LeBron and Maverick joined Fenway sports group as, um, one of the first black owners or black, uh, partners to join the group. Um, so this is big because LeBron already had a stake in um, Fenway Sports when he did his uh, his marketing deal with them. So he owned like 2% of uh, Fenway Sports, which was actually owned Liverpool as well as the Red Sox. But now he's upping that stake and take, taking a bigger piece of the pie, um, and he brought his boy Maverick along as well. Um, and so on Tuesday, they approved the $750 million investment from Redbird Capital in addition to LeBron and Maverick jumping in um so with plans to expand into other sports so they want to move into um nfl nba they want to grab another european soccer club nhl mls wnba as well as nwsl um and so this is a cool strategy we know that they're going for world domination here but caught a little heat um with the with the nwsl side because of how they treat liverpool's women's team they don't get any um any uh, investment on that side, so it kind of, I guess, rubs some people the wrong way. But I want to get well, you guys wait, who, thoughts. Who,
1: who doesn't uh, get the women's team? Won't get any investment from the from the.
2: Cur- currently, Liverpool's women's team doesn't get any like attention from um, from the I, from the ownership group.
0: They're but but not they're talking about resources. Yeah,
2: wow. but they're talking about they're talking about adding an NWSL team. You know, right. so uh, it's like you if you can't take care of the women's team you already have, how are you going to handle right, you know NWSL right. team? So I wanted to get you guys' thoughts first on LeBron jumping into the game even more, um, but then also on the women's side as well, like kind of with, what FSG is doing with um, NWSL while potentially neglecting Liverpool's team.
1: Uh, you want to start? or?
0: Yeah, I'll say uh, LeBron and Mav, you know, they had a, a serious one-two punch. It's like uh, Jordan and Pippen, but from a business angle, um, I think this is a good move. Um, you know, partnering up with Fenway Sports Group, you know, one of the innovators when it comes to the sports business, private equity, VC space. Um, so I'm excited to see what moves they got in the works moving forward uh, from that standpoint. Um, I love it. You know, Maverick Carter, LeBron James are so those are the people that I look up to from a business uh, sports perspective as well. Uh, On the women's side, you know, them investing in NWSL, while that's great, um, but you also have to invest in the women's team that you already own. Um, I think it would make sense because then you can build like a relationship. Um, NWSL, I know a lot of those players in their off seasons, uh, they go on loan to um, teams in Europe. So that would be a great way to, you know, create a a, a synergy, um, but, you know, just use the resources they're not lacking money. I don't want to tell someone how to spend their money, but in <laughs> Liverpool did make it to Champions League finals, two years in a row, they won the league. Um, I think they're doing well. So um, I think they can share, share some money over, over to the people that need it and are deserving as well.
1: No, I definitely, I definitely agree with that. It's man, that's uh it's so cool. It's, it's motivation to see, you know, um, LeBron doing like such big moves like that, you know what I mean? Um, with these big ownership stakes. Uh and it's cool to just see a lot of the NBA players as a whole making moves like that, you know, seeing Kevin Kevin Durant do it. Um, seeing who else did it, James Harden did it. Yeah. You know, just seeing moves like that, man, is, is definitely it's definitely nice to see guys, you know, opening up and branching out into different spaces. Um hopefully more guys try to reciprocate that in the future. But yeah, gotta gotta invest in the in the in the in the current investment that you already have on the women's side, you know. Mm-hmm. I if I was the if I was the Liverpool women's team, I'd be looking at it like, uh, what? <laughs> 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 I'd, be, I'd be like, what, what's going on? You know, it's cool for the NWSL side, but uh-huh. you know, for the for the Liverpool women's side, it's definitely like is bittersweet. Um but like Moby said <laughs> I'm never the one to tell anybody how to spend their bread. <laughs> so, no. you know, but um, hopefully they'll be able to to patch that up because the other moves that they're making are definitely big.
2: Yeah, I think they got relegated recently too, which is even worse. You
1: know oh, what I'm saying? Like,
2: yeah. Uh, but Joe, like to that point, um, seeing other athletes, like, like even, even former soccer players like um, Demarcus Beasley, um, Landon Donovan, people kind of Michael Parker uh, is just,
1: a, Michael, Michael Parker is just Parker
2: as well Um, investing in USL or other you know, lower league teams do you have any ambition to do the same? Um,
1: nah but I would try what you know, kind of try to reciprocate what my father is doing just, you know, becoming like a feeder um, not a, yeah, feeder basically like a farming system for mm. a lot of these clubs, you know, with all the with all the talent that my my dad has produced he's been able to you know send a lot of kids you know to certain places or a lot of guys have been able to you know get to certain places through his training and nowadays like so many people are looking for the ins and outs they're looking for scouts or they're looking for you know small clubs to to find players so if you are recognized as you know the place that's producing a lot of talent that's how you can capitalize as well you know um making a small club or your own training program, things like that. And then partnering with bigger clubs and they, you know, funnel money through your, through your, um, whatever you have your project that enables you to create more, you know, create more talent. You can invest more in your equipment or whatever. And then it's a, it's an ongoing cycle of talent, producing players, you know, getting transfers, all types of stuff.
2: Yeah, I think once they get this whole uh, solidarity payment thing worked out, we'll start seeing a lot more of that circulating for sure. All right, so let's jump into another game we like to play here on the show, no card, yellow card, red card. So this is a rapid fire game where I'll read off some headlines or some topics, and you'll give me your opinion on those topics using the soccer card system. So no card is obviously I'm cool with it. Yellow card, I can go either way. Red card is I'm not cool with it or disagree. Um, and then, kind of, give a give a reason why you gave that card rating. All right. So first one, no card, yellow card, red card. Yunus Musa commits to U.S. Men's National Team.
1: I'll let you go first. Uh, so no card would be, I see no problem with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. No card. No card. I mean, I think that's a good move. Good move for for both parties. Um, I think he'll be a big part of the squad moving forward, and I think it's a big pickup for for the U.S. Men's National Team.
0: Yeah, no card. The only way I would say yellow card is that if uh, it's from the standpoint of U.S. Uh, supporters not thinking he was going to sign with or commit to U.S. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of dual dual nationals will like hint or like say they're going to go somewhere else. But at the end of the day, uh, they want to play for the States. It's just that they want to be kind of the top dog. So, yeah. you know, they just want to be courted. They want to feel loved.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <All right. laughs> All right, so next one: uh, no card, yellow card, red card. Trent alexander Arnold's dropped from England's recent call-up. Joe, what you think?
1: Uh, like you know, from a player standpoint, yeah, it's kind of rough. But I would also say like no card. bro. Liverpool's not having the best season, man. It's uh, it's it's tough, especially in the English game, man. It's doggy dog out there. Um, I feel like there's other right backs that are doing their thing. Um, you know. Reese James is playing well. Juan Basaka is doing his thing. Did he? Did he? Did Did Juan get called up?
0: I don't think I mean, so, I don't bro. Think, that's a red
1: yeah. card right there. Yeah, <laughs>
0: <laughs> he isn't even getting love. He's been threatening to play for. Um, uh, Where's he from? Ivory Coast. Ivory Coast. Yeah. I think. Yeah.
1: Okay. I think it's Ivory Coast, but yeah, that's a red card that he's not getting called up. But I don't think it's a card that Trent didn't get called up
0: yeah i I agree no card it's just crazy um just last year this time last year they can love you hate you love you again they were saying he was the best right crosser and ever like nothing on trent arnold (laughs) now (laughs) hey let it let some time pass before you make these proclamations
1: yeah man you know it's they build up to break you down bro.
0: yeah I think uh, Alex Rodriguez said it best. Like, the world loves fives. You know, they don't want you to get too high, but they love a good underdog story, so they don't want you too low. So, But I know he's a good player. He'll bounce back. He's just one call-up. Yeah. All right. What you give that again, Amobi? I'll give it no card. No card. All right.
2: All right, last one. No card, yellow card, red card. Brazilian fans up in arms over renaming the Maracana after Pele. So if you're not familiar, the Maracana is national stadium in brazil world famous um so they're thinking about naming it after (laughs) Pele. people are not feeling that obviously
1: (laughs) yeah damn that's a tough one man because me being from the outside like obviously i'm not brazilian you know Uh, so i would say i'll give it a yellow card you know just being you know i can understand the the Brazilian fans like they have a a, a a connection with that you know it's such a historical you know hallmark in in the Brazilian football but at the same time it's like that's Pele you know he he put <laughs> he he did so much for 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 your whole football federation like why are y'all trying to downplay your man
0: yeah yeah it's tough I mean because like. Americana is like a symbol stadium. Like everyone knows about it, but also everyone knows about Pele too. And he's, you know, he put Brazil on the map. Uh, I don't want to be on no Sean King hype, but it's like, what if Pele was of a different ethnicity? Would they be more? Um, yeah, we might, we might be more willing to change the name. Um, <laughs> but hey, you got, you got to play all factors. I don't know. <laughs>
1: We might think about it. We might,
0: we might. be more willing to consider it, but you know, I know the history of Brazil gets a lot of uh, friction when it comes to that. So I'm not. I'm not. Like I said, I'm not trying to be on no Sean King stuff, but that 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 should be taken into consideration. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, it's always jokes when I'm tapped in with Joe. Sorry. <laughs> Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I don't know. We'll see what happens. They can, uh, they can at least put like a statue outside the main stadium or yeah, something. Yeah, man, something, give some sort of recognition.
1: Something,
2: something. Yeah. So yellow card for you. Yeah, I'm gonna give you yellow. <laughs> 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 it
1: is All right. Bro. Come on, man. That's All good. right. So that's
2: that's it for no card, yellow card, red card. Um, so let's jump into our black soccer history for this week. So this week we'll be talking about Sydney Larue Dwyer. So Sydney Ray Larue Dwyer is a professional soccer player and Olympic gold medalist, who currently plays as a forward for Orlando Pride in NWSL. LaRue was born in Surrey, British Columbia to a Canadian mother and an American father. Her mother played third base for the Canadian national softball team. Her father was a professional baseball player who pitched briefly for the California Angels in 1986. Sydney also played a little played Little League Baseball for, for 10 years in addition to excelling in track and soccer. LaRue became the youngest player to play for the Vancouver Whitecaps of the W League at the age of 15. She also won a championship as part of a British Columbia Select team at the at the Canada Games in 2005. LaRue knew from an early age that she wanted to play for the United States Women's National Team, so in order to pursue that goal, she moved to Scottsdale, Arizona at the age of 15 and attended Horizon High School um, and during, your, during her junior and senior years while living with multiple host, host families. She also helped lead uh, Sereno... Soccer club to state titles in 2007 and 2008 during this time. LaRue played collegiately, um, collegiate soccer for UCLA um, from 2008 to 2011 under head coach Jill Ellis and BJ Snow. Were you, you were there at the same time, right, the
0: Yeah, Yeah, yeah. Um, her and Lauren Cheney Holiday up top, one of the deadliest combos in uh, women's college soccer history. It was crazy watching them play.
2: Yeah, for sure. So as a junior, Larue ranked fifth in UCLA history for career points at 91, as well as fourth in goals, 41, and game-winning goals at 15. She ranked third in the Pac-10 for goals, 13, and second in game-winning goals with six. With six, earning her first-team All Soccer American MVP, third-team NC- N- NSCAA All-American, first-team N- NSCAA All-Pacific Region. And first team all packed 10 honors in the same year. So she balled out that year. Crazy. Um, LaRue was the number one pick by the Atlanta Beat in the 2012 WPS draft, but the league folded before she could play the game, play a game with the team. That summer, she joined the Seattle Sound Women um, of the W League. And in 2013, she joined the Boston Breakers in the inaugural season of the NWSL. LaRue also spent time with the Seattle Reign, Western New York Flash, FC Kansas City, and Orlando Pride, where she currently plays. The rule has 25 caps with the U.S. Women's National Team, um, a gold medal from the 2012 Olympics in London, and a World Cup from
0: 2015.
2: Uh, So we want to salute Sydney for being a baller, a wife, a mother, and a fixture in American and Canadian soccer.
0: Yeah, salute to Sydney. The fact that she only has 25 caps. Yeah, bro. Uh,
1: When you said 25 caps, I was like, what?
0: Yeah, I I don't know what. That's a crime.
2: She missed a lot of time, the injury, and then she got pregnant back to back. So,
0: yeah. But, yeah, shout out to Sydney because I remember one of my good friends' daughter, um, I was, you know, talking to her about soccer, and she was like, I was like, who's your favorite player? Um, She was like, Sydney LaRue. And I just called up Sydney because, you know, we're good friends from college. And when my friend's daughter heard her on the phone, changed her whole life. Like, um like so that exposure you know representation matters and sydney's done a great job of doing that you know for young african american uh women and uh yes so shout out to her and you know not only women's history month but black black history year so
2: for sure for sure so yeah that's it for this week man
0: yo so thank you once again joe for t- tapping in uh you know making time on your schedule i know you got a you know a wife and family uh, to take care of um but for the folks that want to tap in with you, where can they find you?
1: Uh, you guys can find me on IG at JoJo36. Um, you can find me on Twitter at 36 Finest. Not that active, but you know, when I'm active, we active. So um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's uh that's about it. I mean, my Twitch ain't really up and running yet, so I'll save that for another time. But
0: um Okay. When his Twitch is up and running, get ready for some massive. Trash talk, uh Joe, oh. one of the best yeah. trash talkers. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. Please, nobody, once again, please nobody get offended. Don't get offended by the trash talk. This is all, it's all love.
2: It's all what you love. playing right now, Joe. Uh
1: a lot of a lot of war zone, man. A lot of war zone. Okay. Um yeah, that's that's pretty much mainly what I'm on. I mean, yeah. I do fighting games too, you know, Tekken, uh, Injustice. Classic. Combat. You know, I'm in, the, I'm in the, all of that.
0: So. And, uh, can we get a timetable on some of these projects that you got in the works or are we still, still wait, got to wait? Um, timetable.
1: So, um, I'm linking up with one of my boys. We're going to start, you know, creating some content, uh, when the season gets loaded, you know, some, some day in the life type footage, you know, my, my cousin, he's good with the camera. So, uh, we're going to, we're going to try and launch some of that stuff. I would say summertime, I got something in the works with, uh, Peepo, my boy Peepo, yeah. and Chris Hangy, They're uh, content creators at uh, this thing called Homegrown, based out of the B&B. Um They're, uh, you know, we linked up over this past break, did a little mini documentary, so they're they're editing that. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's those the two things that
0: are that are in the works right now. Yeah, I'm excited to see that, and make sure you guys tap into Joe. Uh, like I said before, one of the most underrated players in the game um but that's it for the show um subscribe rate and review it helps us get discovered follow us on all the socials at two cents fc check out our merch at two cents as you can see i'm rocking the hat it helps support the show um for us to continue to get wonderful guests for us to continue to you know be on a consistent basis uh yeah get that merch and then tweet us your comments on the show or any topics you want me or l to discuss Like you guys know, every week, Unfiltered Thoughts and Opinions, the only soccer show where you're getting it like this. So uh, thank you guys for tuning in and hope to see you guys soon. Peace out.